0: The month of March is finally here, and Texas Tech managed to get a three seed in the West Region, a good sign for Red Raiders, and a bracket that they can certainly work with. We'll take a look at the bracket preview and start getting into the matchup against Montana State in the first round on today's episode of Locked On Texas Tech. Our Locked On Texas Tech. Your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Texas Tech, a member of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I'm Emery Lida, longtime Texas Tech analyst and writer. I'm going solo today once again. Don't worry, Ryan will be back in a day or so. And today, we're going to be taking a look at the bracket, the West region that Texas Tech got placed into as a three seed. But first, man, it is really good to be in the month of March and be getting ready for the NCAA tournament. This is something that Tech fans have been looking forward to all year long it's one of the few greatest events in sports and for texas tech this is an event that they have a good shot at doing well and i mean you look at this team coming in as a three seed coming off of a big 12 championship loss to kansas on last saturday night this is a tech team that by all intents and for all intents and purposes looks like a team that could contend for the national championship but they're gonna have to go through a couple of real juggernauts in their region and obviously the name that comes to mind first is Gonzaga that they are the overwhelming favorite in the region. And honestly throughout the nation to win the tournament, I mean, you look at some of the odds courtesy of our friends at Bet online, they're at, they have minus odds to win the region. And by far, they're far and away the championship favorites to win the NCAA tournament. You can check all of their odds out, but certainly, I mean, taking a look at this, this region, it runs through Gonzaga, but that doesn't mean that they're invincible. We saw, tech had some success in their first matchup even if they fell short that was without tj shannon or my wilson and some of the teams in the region have beaten gonzaga as well namely duke and alabama both had regular season wins over gonzaga and are conveniently placed in their region so this is a region definitely gonzaga would be expected to win but at the same time as as well as those other teams you also have teams like tech and like michigan state teams that are going to throw real challenges into the wrench for the bulldogs but This is a Texas Tech podcast. We're here to talk about Texas Tech. And for Tech, this, until you get into the lead eight and potentially face off against Gonzaga, I think this is a really good draw. I mean, people brought up how Alabama is going to be a tough six seed. I think that provided Tech gets through the Montana State game, which we'll cover in a little bit. I think that the Alabama game is one of those games that really comes down to how they're shooting and just how, They're playing offenses. They've been sputtering as of late. They've lost three in a row coming into this tournament. Haven't looked really great since the Baylor win in that Big 12 SEC tournament or Big Big 12 SEC challenge. And really, I mean, this is a team of inconsistencies. It's Nate Oates who Mark Adams had success against in the NCAA tournament. And really, this is, for me, this Alabama team doesn't scare me as much as a couple of the other teams that Tech could have faced, like in Iowa. Or even on the seven line like i ohio state even if they've been struggling lately i feel like they're kind of a unique style to prepare against so this is an interesting matchup i certainly would say that if tech gets to the second round alabama's a team to watch and then you have really the bottom pod which i think is really going to be worth watching and in that pod you have michigan state davidson duke and then obviously cal state fullerton first off i don't see fullerton Defying all the odds and beating Duke, unfortunately, as much as it would make me smile, I don't think that they have the firepower to be able to beat the Blue Devils. But between Michigan State and Davidson, that's two really good, really good teams. And for them to be in the same pot as Duke is interesting because you got Bob McKillick, the legendary coach for Davidson. You've also got Tom Izzo, obviously known for his expertise in the month of March, even if I think that recently that's been a little bit overstated. And just in general, you've got two teams that I feel like will match up well against the Blue Devils, and both of them are capable of making deep runs. Certainly, Michigan State has a really athletic roster. Guys like Max Chris, Chrissy, AJ Hoggard, both of those guys are going to be threats to whoever they play against. And then Davidson is one of the best shooting teams in the nation led by Hung Jung Lee, one of my favorite players, as well as Foster Lear, who actually transferred from Michigan State. There's a lot of talent on there, that Davidson roster. And, of course, you have the Duke Blue Devils, who are one of the most talented teams in the country but have been perpetually overrated this year. And I think that, really, I mean, it's going to come down to just how well they can get things set up in March. I mean, you've got guys like Wendell Moore that have been here before. but They're few and far between. And, actually, Moore hasn't even played in a tournament just the way that his – career's gone down obviously last year Duke wasn't going to make the tournament before they left due to COVID and then obviously you had the pandemic year so you've yet to see a Duke team in the last two years make the tournament that means that most of their roster has no NCAA tournament experience and so it's interesting for a team with a pedigree of Duke to be in that situation but it's worth noting that still everyone in that sort of pod has a lot of talent but that'd be a potential sweet 16 matchup, I think you're going to see Davidson or Michigan State, whoever wins that first round matchup, is going to put up a fight against Duke. I'm not sure if they'll win or not, but it certainly is worth watching. But on Tech side of things, you start out with Montana State, and we're going to go into a deep preview. Obviously, I'm going to cover that on the last segment today. But certainly, looking at Montana State's roster, this is going to be an interesting matchup for Tech. Certainly, they play a lot in the post have some talented guys, have a lot of versatility on the perimeter, but not really in the style of defense that we see a lot in the big 12, not really an overly aggressive defense by any means. So Montana State's an interesting matchup, don't really force a ton of turnovers. They're prone to committing fouls and that's just something, some of the things to keep an eye out on. But really I thought Tech kind of, Got a little bit lucky in their first round. I think feel like the 14 through 16 seeds this year aren't quite as good as we've seen in years past. Outside of like a Colgate, I think they're the only really good 14 seed this year, and they're facing off against Wisconsin in the first round. So Tech dodged a little bit of a bullet there, but that was always going to happen. That's that's why you do good in the regular season. That's why you get yourself a three seed. It's because it allows you to have an easier first round matchup. Don't have to worry as much about potential ups. Obviously, it's March; anything can happen. But not having to face teams, the really dangerous mid-majors, the Vermonts, obviously the South Dakota states, the New Mexico states of the world, that's going to go a long way towards helping the cause for Texas Tech. And really, the first round match against Montana State will be interesting. Again, I'll cover that in a little bit. But then you get into the second round, you're going to face either Alabama, Notre Dame, or Rutgers. We'll know the result of the latter two by tomorrow or by tonight based off of how who wins in the first four game obviously i think both of those teams are capable of beating alabama but it's worth noting i would still think that they're two of the weaker play-in game or two of the weaker play-in teams that we've seen in recent memory i don't think either of them have the upside that ucla or michigan state had last year but who knows rutgers really shocked people this year with some of their wins and head-scratching losses so anything can happen but it just boils down to I think the first weekend for Tech is going to be pretty straightforward I think Alabama being streaky is the one thing that you really can't account for but certainly Montana State I think you match up favorably with Alabama is going to be the potential upset there but I feel like Tech could have gotten more unlucky with their draw in that sense and then getting into the second weekend you start projecting quite a ways out but Certainly I would like Tech in the in a matchup against Duke. I think certain they are one of the teams that matches up best against them just because of the perimeter outlook. If we get there, we'll cover that more extensively. And then obviously you've got teams like Davidson and Michigan State that are dangerous for their seeds, but certainly you would rather have them than having to face a two seed. So this bracket, really until you get to a potential elite eight matchup against Gonzaga, favors Texas Tech. And it's one of The brackets, I've seen people say that because they're in the West, it just doesn't work out for them. But I disagree. I think this is a really good opportunity. And I just think that you're looking at a team that can potentially get all the way to the final four. We've seen the defense be really good this year. We've seen the offense at times have huge games. So it's just going to be interesting to watch. I think Tech controls their own destiny and has a lot of potential. And I feel like the bracket sort of broke the right way outside of having to be in Gonzaga's region. But certainly, this is going to be a fun March Madness tournament to cover. We're gonna—I'm gonna go into this next segment and talk about some of the Big Twelve teams in the bracket. But first, I have a message from Stat Hero. Man, I love March Madness. I love filling out my brackets. I've already filled out multiple this year, but I can't remember the last time that I actually went deep or even won money. So this year, I'm hedging my bets with Stat Hero, Stat Hero's NCAA Pick 'Em contest. Stat Hero's NCAA single game pickups pits the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Take control back from those handicappers that always seem to have an advantage no matter what you do. Start focusing on the players you know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. Stat Hero gives you an advantage, resulting in the gamers winning four times more often. Why is that you may wonder? Because stat hero eliminates the mystery about who or what you are going against. In addition to the Pick'em games, they also have dozens of lineups you can come through to take on head to head. They simply post sets of players for you to take on with a set of players that you choose. Stat Hero is the easiest and fastest way to get your sports action fixed. The simple, sleek gameplay will have you playing in minutes. This is what Daily Fantasy was meant to action- to be. So sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for 100 percent deposit matchup match that's stathero.com slash locked on use promo code locked on for 100 match stathero.com slash locked on promo code locked on this is the time of year that i've pretty much given up on all of my new year's resolutions but not this year i am sticking to my resolution to eat right and that is thanks to built bar it almost feels like it's not really a resolution because i actually enjoy eating them have you tried the puffs if you haven't you're missing out on one one of built bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors: Yum, yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. They're all so good. These are going to be your new favorite. All built bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, that includes the puffs. 100% real chocolate. They're low calorie, they're high protein, and they replace your Favorite candy bars. They are better than your favorite candy bars. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. So go to Built.com and scroll down the macros chart, and you'll be blown away with the contrast with them. High-protein, low-cal, high-fiber, low-carb. And most Built bars only contain 130 calories in addition to 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually runs around 240, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens and dozens of net carbs. And the flavors, they're incredible. You've got mint brownie, you've got coconut, you've got coconut almond. And new this month, you've got the white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they will make it. It'll be delicious, and it'll be good for you. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. And I don't know how, but they manage to make it taste good every single time. So go to Built.com, use promo code lock 15 and get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. Make sure to check out the Locked On bracket breakdown that went live on our channel yesterday right here on Locked On Texas Tech on both the podcast feed and the YouTube channel. They had college basketball experts Chris Gordy, our good friend Andy and betting expert Lee Sterling, gave you in-depth breakdowns on every single matchup in the bracket. You can go ahead and check that out on yesterday's episode of Locked on Texas Tech. And speaking of the entire bracket, let's talk about some of the Big 12 teams that are in it, because I feel like this was a really interesting draw. You start out with Kansas obviously being the one seed in the Midwest, really sort of broke out nice for them to end up not having to worry about potentially the one line or the two line with how the with how the SEC teams lost, with Auburn obviously losing in the second round and Kentucky losing in the semifinals. Things broke the right way for Kansas to be on the one line be unopposed in the Midwest and really I think that this is a favorable bracket for Kansas I mean you look through the rest of their bracket they've got teams like Villanova obviously you're going to be maybe the most difficult matchup for them but certainly this is quite possibly one of the most straightforward routes that you have in the NCAA tournament I mean Kansas out of all the one seeds I feel like got maybe the most straightforward bracket out of them all like I mean you're talking about a team here in kansas that really just didn't doesn't have to worry so much about the doesn't have to worry about the depth going forward actually it wasn't one of those auburn sorry it's messed that up there it was arizona that has villanova as their two seed but even then again kansas done didn't manage to avoid the most difficult two seed in kentucky they had really not that difficult of a three-seed line i mean you're talking about a team that ends up they end up getting the Wisconsin as the three seed in their bracket and for me that is quite possibly the most comfortable draw they could have gotten I mean Wisconsin analytically not a great team you've got Johnny Davis injured you got the 6 and 11 there in LSU and Iowa State dealing with their own stuff obviously LSU fired Will Wade and Iowa State has really struggled on offense lately as I mentioned the two seed is Auburn not Villanova again that one was on me But Auburn has struggled lately as well, as I mentioned, losing in the SEC tournament. They've lost three times in the last three weeks. And really, I mean, this talented Auburn team, but they have some shooting issues. They've had some ball handling issues as of late, kind of just figuring out the guard issue. Walker Kessler reportedly has had some injury issues he's been dealing with. So there's a lot going on there. And then further down the line, I mean, you look at other squads. I mean, certainly in the first... First round, they're not going to have to worry too much about Texas Southern. In the second round, you've got San Diego State and Creighton. I think San Diego State, I mean, defensively, they're really intriguing. But offensively, they've struggled to put up points all season. Then they've got probably some of the more bipolar teams in their bracket. I mean, you've got Iowa and Providence as their four and five. Providence is quite possibly the most bizarre contrast between metrics and resume. I mean, you've got one of the best resumes in the country, couple with a sub-top 40 team as a four seed. And Iowa is one of the best offensive teams in the country, but defensively really struggles. So they've got a lot of fall teams in the region, but I think Kansas is probably the most likely Big 12 team to make a run. Obviously, you also have Baylor on the one line in the East region. They have Kentucky in their region as the two seed, which I think is probably the most dangerous two seed out there. Again, Villanova could be dangerous, but certainly this year it looks like Kentucky's been one of the most balanced teams in the nation. Then, furthermore, I mean, in their region, they've also got North Carolina Marquette. That's going to be a difficult second round matchup. Obviously, no bias there whatsoever if UNC manages to win and face off against Vail in the second round. But in general, this is a really probably a more difficult bracket than Kansas has to deal with. You got UCLA as the four seed. Obviously, last year their run was incredible. And they've struggled with health at times this year. You've got guys like Tyree Campbell, Ami Haquez, you've got Juzang. All of them have had some form of injury over the course of the season. So you haven't really seen the fully healthy Bruins roster for much of the year, but they're a dangerous team. Obviously, they've knocked off multiple ranked teams, and they've been in the hunt throughout the season. I think even though they're a four seed, they're a dangerous four seed at that. My question is their offensive efficiency but for a team like Baylor that has really looked good, even with the sort of short rotation coming as a result of injuries, I think this is this is a perfect opportunity for them to get to the Final Four in New Orleans. I mean, certainly Kentucky is going to be the big challenge. Purdue I'm really low on. I think that the fact that their defense has struggled so much throughout the year is going to come back to bite them. Obviously, they have Texas in their region. No challenge whatsoever. I think they lose to Virginia Tech in the first round, but we'll talk about that in just a second. So it really breaks out well for for baylor and i think that that's just something to look out for but i mean of all the big 12 teams like i said kansas is most likely to make a final four run i think baylor their brackets a little bit more difficult but i also have a lot of confidence in what scott drew's done down the stretch of the season if they even if they lost in the first round the, the big 12 tournament to oklahoma they've still got a lot of talent on their roster they've still managed to really play small ball well i think that's one of the things with JTT going down it sort of forced them to play more with so at the five and I think it's worked out pretty well for them so Baylor's got a good chance Texas in that same region as a six seed going up against Virginia Tech in the first round yeah Virginia Tech's one of the best shooting teams in the nation they're red hot right now Texas cannot get out of their own trouble so I'm going to take Virginia Tech in that one just uh my personal thoughts, if they don't get beaten by Virginia Tech, they'll lose to Purdue. This is not a very talented Texas team relative to those teams. And honestly, like Chris Beard has had had success in March. Even at Tech, even before that at Little Rock, you have to give it to him. He's had good teams in March. He's never been outscored in the second half of an NCAA tournament game. Again, one of the more interesting nuggets. But how much that was due to Mark Adams? Well, I think it's a lot. And beyond that, I mean, this is the most flawed roster I feel like he's gone into the tournament with dating all the way back to his very first team in Little Rock. So it's going to be interesting, but I don't see them going far. TCU is another team. They got really unfortunate. I think I like their first round matchup against Seton Hall. I think it's a matchup they match up favorably in, but at the same time, I just can't see them beating Arizona. Arizona is the most well-rounded team in the nation. Got both a lot of perimeter athleticism, a lot of interior ability, and they play probably the most balanced style of offense that you're going to find. So it's going to be difficult for the Horn Frogs to get past the second round, but we'll see on that one. And then lastly, you've got Iowa State, and they might have a road that if it wasn't for their own issues, I'd feel a lot more confident about them being able to go far because they've got LSU without their head coach in the first round of the tournament. That's going to be possibly the most fortunate matchup out there, although I do think LSU is probably the best sixth seed in a vacuum, having no Will Wade. Could cause a distraction, could sort of impact the game prep there. So that's going to be interesting. But if they get through LSU, Wisconsin, like I mentioned, is a team that's reeling. If they get by Colgate, I think they could be on upset word again to Iowa State or LSU. And then beyond that, I mean, it gets pretty far in the projectables, but you could be facing off against a team like Auburn. So I actually think if Iowa State can get their offense figured out and if Brockington's able to hit shots, I could see them making the Elite Eight. But that's the all outright like farest I can see. And I also think that that relies on a lot of projections. So I would say it's got a pretty easy path, but at the same time, I just can't see them getting everything together and making that far. But rooting for the Cyclones, and we'll see how it goes. But I know I've talked enough about the rest of the Big 12. It's time to talk about Texas Tech basketball and their matchup against Montana State. But first, I have a message from Rock Auto. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer while choosing the only brand in their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket, instantly accessible. So you can save time and money when using Rock Auto. You can even... You can choose to spend even 100% more for the same parts at a chain store or a car dealership, or you could just go to Rock Auto. So Rock Auto, it's a family business serving a do-yourselves for over 20 years. Their prices are lively low for each customer. They have everything you could possibly think about for a car. They have brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpets, spark plugs, you name it. So we, encu- so we encourage you to discover your own car, car parts needs, discover how Rock Auto can help, and share it with your share it with everyone you know so go explore explore their easy to use website today to find the solution that your auto part for your own auto part needs again go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliable prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com is the best you can find so texas tech three seed in the NCAA tournament as they were in the big 12 tournament in the big 12 tournament they made it all the way to the championship finale if they do that again in the NCAA tournament I think a lot of tech fans will be happy but this time I think we want to win it all but to to do that first you must beat Montana State in the first round Montana State coming out of the Big Sky, conference that hosts Eastern Washington, a team that made a run at Kansas last year in the NCAA tournament and a team that tech dominated this year. Montana State went 27-7 and this year, although I think the Big Sky is not a good conference. You look at their Q4 resume and that tells you all you need to know. 22 of their 34 games were against teams that were in the fourth quadrant. And that's not even taking into account the fact that they also faced two Division three teams. So they are not a team that has had a lot of competition this year only two q1 games those being against colorado and south dakota state they lost both of those games although the colorado game came in overtime on the road so that was pretty impressive but all in all this is a montana state team that, in a lot of ways kind of fits into the ideal 14 seed for texas tech to face i mean the pure numbers look a little bit daunting when you first look at them obviously first off the 27 wins like Anytime you see a mid-major with that many wins, it raises your eyebrows a little bit. But at the same time, just looking at their their efficiencies, they play a lot in the post, which I think is a key to their free throw percentage, which is fourth highest in the nation. They shoot 37% from three. But one key factor to keep an eye out on is they really don't shoot them that much. They're only 221st in the nation. And really, a lot of their attempts come off of the action coming from within the post, which I feel like is going to be harder to get given Tech's athleticism on the inside and also given the fact that they're more likely to double off of the ball and force more difficult passes, which watching the tape, Montana State did not have to execute nearly as many difficult post passes as what you would find in your average Big 12 game. And I think that's the biggest thing for me is the level of competition difference between this Montana State team and what they had to face every night and what Texas Tech faced in the Big 12 is incredible. And I know that that sounds cliche-ish, but at the end of the day, if you watch these games, if you watch some of the teams that Montana State faced, there was a lot less help coming on drives. Everything seemed to move a lot slower, and I think that's one thing that you see oftentimes in mid-major games. I will say a lot of the commonalities between teams that have made these upsets in years past is they faced teams that were really difficult at the start of the season, or they've had one or two juggernauts on their conference that played like a high major team i mean look at oral roberts last year they had teams like south dakota state and north dakota state in their in their bracket or in their uh, conference and they also had to face off against teams like arkansas and oklahoma state in the first round you look all the way back to lehigh or florida gulf coast they each had to face difficult teams over the course of their regular season so this this whole notion that like mid-majors are kind of incapable of sort of scheduling hard is is diff- it's difficult to understand when you see these teams facing off against high major teams early in the season and a lot of times when you're on the 15 or 16 line one of the best ways to see if a team has that capability of pulling off these major upsets is to look at some of the teams they face. So Montana State has not faced that level of competition. I mean even South Dakota State, the team that got blown out by is a 13 seed in this tournament, Colorado's metrics weren't even close to being a tournament team. So I'm not too concerned about the level of competition. It's going to be a major adjustment for Montana State. Obviously, they've got a fair bit of talent on their roster. They wouldn't have won the conference if they didn't have that. Led by Jabril the Big Sky Player of the Year and Defensive Player of the Year. If you haven't checked all, out my Twitter thread, which look, took a look at some of the tape from games against Eastern Washington, Northern Colorado, this is my self-plug to go check that out because I have some interesting plays from Bill. I'm not all that high on him as a player. I think certainly... There's, he was, there is a reason he was a conference player of the year. His ability to post up and finish from the post is really impressive. As well as that, he's also just a generally good interior player. And defensively, he's got good shot blocking instincts. But he can really struggle on the perimeter he's had. knee injuries he's fought throughout his career. And his mobility is lacking. I think that's something Tech can take advantage of. Especially when they have guys like Bryson Williams out there. Who's shown a capability of straight line driving. And taking other bigs off the dribble. Which is very valuable asset to have. So this is a mashup that if you're looking at their best player, I think it's available. I think Xavier Bishop, who's their point guard is probably their second best. And he's a guy that is very good at distributing. I will give him that. I feel like he's someone that's patient with the ball, can make some high level passes, but he also likes to go right. His jump shot's a little bit unorthodox and it's kind of slow. And obviously being 5'8 is something that doesn't really play into his hand. And the other thing is he's not really a pesky on-ball defender like a lot of the guys that are undersized that you'll see that have that stature. So that's something to monitor. And then beyond that, they've got a nice complement of sort of six five, six four, anywhere from that to six eight role players. And all of them can shoot the ball reasonably well. But the problem is none of them are particularly great at it. And that's something that, like outside of Tyler Patterson, the freshman shooting 37% from three, You've got, to got a, a lot of sort of gadgety players if that make sense. Raquan Battle, the Washington transfer is one of them. He's shooting almost 39% from three this year, but he also takes more twos. And over the course of his career, he's really not all that good as an off ball shooter. His main ability comes from being able to shoot on ball threes. And that's sort of what makes him special. I think that's going to be very difficult to sort of regulate as a Texas Tech defense. And as a catch and shoot guy, he's. Decent, but he's not really spectacular. I mean, Adamu is another intriguing piece. He's someone that I broke down in that film club. I think he's one of the more strange players that has faced. He's really good in the post as a 6'5 guard, which is interesting. It's something we've seen at times Tech trying to post up their guards, but um, Adamu is one of the guys that you're going to see a lot of post up action for. I don't know how it's going to work. He's not the greatest facilitator, but he's got good touch on the inside. Really tough player high IQ, high feel for the game, even if he's not a great passer. That's something that's worth watching. And then, in general, this team loves to play out of the post. They have the eighth highest post-up frequency per shot quality. And thankfully, Tech is the best team in the nation defending against that. So we'll talk a little bit more about the schematic stuff going forward in tomorrow's episode. But for now, the main gist of it is Montana State is a team that won the Big Sky. They were able to kind of go through their conference tournament outside of a game against Weber State, which they almost lost. It was a pretty comfortable run for them, and they have 27 wins on the season, but 20 of those came against Q4 opponents. So, not the greatest level of competition, but certainly nothing to scoff at either. And I would say that Tech matches up favorably, but you kind of expect that for a 14 seed. So, it's all to play for. We'll get more into the Montana State game coming up tomorrow, and we'll also start just make we'll get one more look at the tournament as a whole. But for now, thank you for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen. Every day, we're free and available on all platforms. You can follow me on Twitter, EddieRacer41. You can follow Ryan at LBK and You will be back soon, and you can see all of his takes in the meantime. You can follow the Locked On Texas Tech official po- podcast account at Locked on TTU, where we post all our episodes. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, and you can subscribe to us on YouTube, where you can see my new background for this podcast. And in the meantime, just continue to support us. We really appreciate all the support we've gotten. We're going to continue to have good content coming out the rest of this March, however long text run goes, and we're looking forward to it. But we really appreciate it all, and I will be back tomorrow. So thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL draft to life every day with inside analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. Just like the Lockdown Texas Tech, it is free and available wherever you get podcasts. And I will see you tomorrow.